You asked for it, and here we are. Taylor Swift. This is Bad Bandmates, and we have an album to discuss on this episode's week of today. Um, What? (laughs) I'm not even drinking either, so anyways. um, I still don't know what you tried to say. uh, Yeah, there's a sentence in there. So on this week's episode, we're having a listener suggestion. A listener happens to be my my wife uh and so Allie, thank you for the suggestion she wrote in and suggested that we listen to taylor swift and it could have been any album but Mm -hmm. josh picked lover yeah i did by taylor swift i like that album yeah and as a continuation because we have an avid uh swift head as i like to call them (laughs) Um, that means they like Swift, Taylor Swift, uh, Jake, Jake from last episode, he's joining us in this album discussion and it's going to be a good time. Let's just keep, let's just say that. So Jake say, say, uh, say, Hey, Hey man. Hey man. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, Taylor Swift lover. No, that's the album. I love it. I love it. And I just, I have a few things to say, and I'm I'm gonna kind of since both Josh and Jake are fans of Taylor Swift in general, but I mean this album in particular. I mean I think that's why Josh picked it is because he's a fan, and Jake is just a Swift head. So uh, how come he gets I, to have a cool title, and I'm just a fan? Well, dude, you you're not at that Swift head status yet. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll write you up. I'll write you up a membership card later, and I'll send it to your way. I'll give you an official <laughs> invitation to the Swift Head. <laughs> the Swift. <laughs> it's exclusive. I'll text you my address. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. I have prepared a statement uh, about this album as a whole, and this is my generalities, my overall thoughts. And then we'll get into the nitty gritty. We'll get into the specifics. So, Taylor Swift, Lover. This album is a well produced, very danceable, very happy album. Uh, to boil it down, it's the opposite of me. Um, that I just can't get into. Uh, it's a synth pop, pop rock uh, album, uh, you know, and. I'm not great on genres, but that's that's kind of the gen- general category you could put put this album into. That's essentially just a bit too much for me. Um, I kind of feel like Taylor Swift uh, throughout her career, uh, at least from an outsider's perspective, has followed the trends on what's kind of musically hip and happening uh, since she was kind of raised up on the mid 2000s music into the you know 2010s i mean her her stylings have changed uh quite a bit which is fine and as an artist you should be able to express different you know styles and stuff like that but definitely a major change from what i really kind of 
was introduced to her as a, a, a country, a pop country artist. Um, everything I've listened to on this album, I've completely forgotten. So we'll see how these notes uh, go over. Um, the production, as I mentioned, is well produced, but it's almost to the point of being overwhelming and too perfect. There is no jagged edges to this project. There's no stone left unturned. There is no rawness to this album, which is something that if you've listened to any of our episodes about music, I am very much a fan of and I appreciate uh, just the raw, uh, just real music. And not that hers isn't, but from a musical standpoint, I just can't get into it. And then finally, my final thoughts is uh, just 18 tracks is a little bit bloated. And I, I that that's kind of another turnoff for me, uh, album-wise. And, and overall, uh, when I saw that this was 18 tracks, I was kind of like, well... Here we go. I only have to do this once. So, um, 18 tracks and, uh, and, uh, I'm still surviving. So those are my overall thoughts. And I know that, uh, I'm going to kind of go through my list here, but Jake, tell me what I'm wrong about. Tell me why you hate me just with that opening statement. (laughs) Um, speak on it. I don't hate you, and I if I had, you know, a good amount of whiskey in me, maybe I would sound a little <laughs> bit more angry. But I don't. I don't think that right. you're. I don't think that you're wrong at all. I think that everybody's entitled to their opinions, and when it comes down to it, if you don't like pop music, you don't like pop music. Right. You know, and I. When it comes down to it, is the music that you know, or a lot of her later music or, or current music is pop music. So, mm. you know, if you don't like polka, it doesn't matter if I show you the greatest polka band in the world. You don't like polka, you know. Um, mm. So I think that you're entitled to your opinion. And if it's not if it's not your flavor, it's not your flavor. But <clears throat> um, as we kind of go through the album, hopefully I can just kind of shed a little bit of insight of, of what I like about her music and the feelings that it gives me and what it does for me. And we can not, mo- not necessarily disagree with each other, but we can agree to where we're coming from when we listen to her music. Certainly. Did you, uh, did you know that Jake and I both didn't get into pop music until we were in our thirties? The reason I bring that up is because Nate, there's still time for you. There's yeah, still man, time for you, I baby. Got, we'll get you that. over to the good side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know two two and a half years from now and we'll we'll touch back on it then you know see oh, you yeah. just haven't evolved enough as a human being to like pop music. or devolve it, it could be devolving <laughs> who knows yeah 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 that's <laughs> definitely personal uh, uh how you look at it so so those are my overall thoughts and um i mean josh anything on that opening statement that you'd like to uh you know, meet me on or disagree on or anything that you took from that. I am in the same boat as Jake where I don't think that your opinion is wrong about her, but I disagree with it because again, I hit 30. (laughs) I like pop music now. There's just a switch that turns on. There's a switch. I do want to mention that I love when you, I want you to write more monologues for these episodes because it's my favorite. Is that the right word? Yeah. Yep. Appreciate Me that. just rambling. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll write another uh, monologue whenever, uh, whenever we get uh, what's the what's that Glass Animals album? Zang Thu Zan Zander <sighs> Zaba. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> You're just trying. You're just trying to push my buttons right now. We haven't you? even. I'll talked go. I'll go get that. the whiskey. I'll go get the whiskey. Jake, don't do it. Jake, don't do it. Okay. Uh, okay. So here we go, babies. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's see how much you hate me by the end of this. So I forgot that you existed. Track one. Boy, I wish I forgot this album existed. Is what I wrote on that one. <laughs> so I think I'm clever. Um, you but, say clever, you know, we say kind of crotchety. Yeah, well, <laughs> shush. So, um, there's there's this little kind of vocal stuff that she does on this song that I don't really uh, care for. I know probably from a, a vocalist standpoint or a, a an artist like that, it may be something that is appreciated but me as an outsider coming in and hearing her do that like um indifference that whole thing like the she's singing she's singing she's singing bleh. and i don't I, I don't find that cute i don't find that uh likable and it comes off as cheesy to me with those kind of vocal inflections and stuff like that that's me personally. I don't I don't like that kind of stuff. But let's make it through my list here and then let's come back to it because <laughs> I I'm sure I'm sure that there's some some things to say. Actually, you know what? Uh I know that I don't appreciate those little vocal inflections and vocal things, but what what do you think about it? I mean, Jake, tell me about your thoughts on it. What is that? What is that? I I think that again it comes to you know, for me, it's kind of cheeky and it's cutesy and it gives it character. But if you're not a fan, then you're like, well, that's annoying. Yeah, it's um, just a little flair. I like a little flair. It's a little sassy flair. Like a little It a is little a sassy flair. But I just, I don't, for me, it's just kind of like, eh, but why is it there? Like, I, I just kind of, eh, I don't know. And it, it's, it's, uh. But then again, I mean, I listen to hardcore music where there's sometimes where they go, Bleh! so I mean, <laughs> you know, you can't really, you can't really compare, compare that kind of stuff. Cause I, you know, I see it as well. In my, it's the my same own kind of flair. That's a, this is just a pop version of that. This is her right. going bleh. <laughs> this is a pop version of a fake throw up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, like I, like you, what you were saying, you know, there's no FX that does some, some pretty bold, uh, flares as we're yeah. calling them. Or, you know, there's uh dropkick Murphy's, which, you know, has some, some, oi, oi, and like with the, with the, um, right. The bagpipe, bagpipe. um, where it's yeah. just like shrill screaming or you got like Pennywise with a bunch of crowd going, Oh, oh, oh you know, and what is some people would consider that annoying. So, um, it's just kind of one of those things where, if if you're into it, you're into it, and if you're not, it's gonna rub you wrong, um, which I think is a fair statement. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Cool. Well, indifference. I guess we're at an indifference. Okay. There you so, go. See, you get um, it enough. So, see, you remembered a little bit. You remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on. So, cruel summer. Um, the 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 bit in this was um, I didn't like. 
so again it, it's catchy you know it's it's good it's uh, but i don't think it's as catchy as she wanted it to be and i this song personally i'm just not a fan of i it, and i think the issue is that she has a weird spaced out timing of the cruel summer like i i don't know why she chose to to elongate the words like she did i just i i don't know it it, it seemed like odd timing uh, on those on the chorus the the words were just drawn out to a length that i thought was kind of strange and um I don't know. I, I just kind of was not a fan of that. And uh, I don't know. Any any thoughts on Cruel Summer before we move on? I had a note about the, the chorus on this. So I think that the, the chorus is spaced out like that on purpose, Nate, from my mm-hmm. perspective anyway, because the verses are so, like, boppity and, and very wordy. And sure. they have a lot of movement. And then she kind of spaced it out on the chorus and let it flow which was like a sure. little break in the song. And then she could go back into the very wordy again, boppity. I'm coining that phrase for this song and then right, go back boppity, into the yeah. flowing. And it sort of sort of breaks the song up. So it's not so driving the whole time. Yeah. And oh, in, okay. in the, in the bridge of the song too, that, 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 mm-hmm. that, 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 like, I mean, it, there are a couple different flows in that song. Um, you know, so it, it, it moves. Mm. I did find it kind of interesting that she picked that for the second song because it's I wouldn't consider it a, a necessarily like a banger. And um, sure. she she tends to with a couple of the albums I've noticed, like she tends to start strong and then about halfway through a lot of people would perceive that it kind of tapers off a little bit. I, I see that a lot in folklore and even in um, uh, her album before Lover uh, Reputation. Um, mm. So I did find it interesting that she did start with that one, but I I still, I don't have any complaints and I do enjoy that song. I listened sure. to it today, actually. <laughs> oh, well, nice. Yeah, I don't know. Not, not my favorite, but that's okay. Um, Lover, uh, I actually enjoyed this song quite a bit. I, I like the kind of 6-8 uh, waltz style feel to it. Um, and it, it had a nice, like, uh, throwback sound to it, I think, but with, like, a modern twist. And so I kind of like that. I, I, um, it just kind of, it, it hit me. I, I was like, okay, yeah, I can get into this track, you know. Not heavily, but like it's something that I enjoyed. Whereas, you know, I try and clear my mind and be like, okay, I I know nothing about Taylor Swift. I know nothing. I just this is an album I've never heard, and I go in with a fresh mind. But you still have that back of the mind, like I'm not gonna jo- enjoy anything on this. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but then when you find something like this, it's kind of like, oh, okay, that's a pleasant surprise that I was finding something decently enjoyable on it it's just the this the laid back feel of it the six eight time the the kind of waltz feel to it i like that so the man um after looking into it more uh this song aka being explained to it uh what this track kind of the meaning behind it i i like the meaning behind it i mean it's you know it's it's um it's Taylor basically saying, like, 
you know, you guys wouldn't think of me in in XYZ way, you know, if I was, you know, either a man or the man or kind of on top of things, but yet you just feel a certain way about me. I, I don't know how well I explained that just now, but um, I was... I was explained the concept of the song behind the scenes. And, um, I mean, the, the concept is, is pretty cool. We'll just say it that way. Not, not cool in the sense of what she goes through because of it. But, uh, the concept is, you know, her calling out some, some bullshit, you know, that's, that's what I, that's the way it was explained to me. Kind of, Mm -hmm. I guess. Right. Right. So, um, music wise though, again, nothing to, to write home about for me. It's just, it just doesn't, doesn't do anything for me. But, um, the Archer was pretty boring. <laughs> I just, I just wrote boring. <laughs> so I, um, the, and there was kind of some weird references to like, I don't know, you know, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put me together again or something. It's just, I know it kind of ties into that sort of archer theme and, and stuff like that. And being either the hunter or the hunted sort of sort of play on that. But yeah, again, just musically, that's what always catches me first. And I just, I just couldn't make it through it that much. The song, I think he knows... I, I just felt like this song was just a bit unnecessary, especially when we're talking about an already loaded 18 tracks. Um, uh, but Bright, if I may interject, when you yep. said when you said the name of the song, Josh and I looked at each other like, yeah, I love that song. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the jam that when I'm having my morning tea or coffee and I, I pump that on in the morning, it just, ooh, yeah. it's going to be a great Saturday. It's wow. just my just it's my that, personal uh, opinion. That part where she goes, he got the heartbeat. It's got the and this is one of those songs where like you may not like it, Nate, but if you don't dance when this comes on, you have no smell. You smell. You smell, Nate. I probably do smell. I know. I can't say anything mean to you because you're so goddamn cute. Thank you. You're welcome. Wait, was that to me? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I yeah, can't say anything you. mean to Jake either. Yeah, well, I I couldn't either. I mean, it's you know, I'm looking at two beautiful men, and that's that's all I I know. So, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> oh, back um, to business. Yeah, back to business. Um, so okay, you guys really enjoy this song. I just felt it was just weird and unnecessary. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't really like it. Uh, what? It, okay, I abbreviated this one. Um. Oh, Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Is that, that the is next correct, one? yes. Yeah, I this was just kind of a synthy pop song that I just felt very it, it didn't go anywhere for me, uh personally. It just it, you know, there was no movement to the track. I just felt like it was kind of a mid tempo sort of track that just kind of droned on. Um droned on in the sense that it didn't go anywhere for me like i said um i'll talk about some of the uh perfection of this album at the end because i really do think that um a a few things about the tracks but I'll, i'll get to that later so um nothing to write home about on that one either uh but we kind of get to the midway point of the the album and we get to paper rings now this this track 
Um, if you give me a 10 song uh, album of Taylor Swift in the style of Paper Rings, I'm buying that joint I'm up immediately. Dude, I think. It's so because, good. Yeah, this song is just very, it's very happy, but it kind of has a slightly punk, sort of pop, pop punk feel to it with the, you know, just the upper temp, like kind of a higher tempo song. Um, and it just kind of has that, it has that real feel that I was missing to, to most of the other tracks, the good majority of the tracks where it still is perfect. Don't get me wrong. Like it's the, the track is like perfectly timed, perfectly lengthed, perfect everything, but it has that kind of those nice touches to it where they have the like one, two, one, two, three, four, like in the background before they hit like the chorus and stuff like that. Um, Honestly, the only thing about this track that I I uh, think could be improved is I don't think they necessarily uh, beefed up the chorus as much as it could be drum-wise. Um, I don't think they really did anything other than keep the beat steadily going, but if they added like a big crash like on the you know the quarter notes of the beat i think it would have really like filled it out and kind of even gave it again more of that organic feeling rather than a produced and and a cut and paste sort of feel so you know, i love this track if i, I if i may interject yeah. and i know that we were waiting but i did want to say that i knew that you liked this song off of it and i gave it another listen as to why and this is like the only song on this album where the drums have an organic sound at any point, because it is very digital based. Yeah. Which I like, and I know that Jake likes, but this song on the verses, it actually sounds like a, like a live drum kit. Like I'm sure a lot of them were, but there's, there's so like you said, this album is so fucking perfect that it's hard to hear any live tones to it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But I, I, so it doesn't really super surprise me that you like it because this is the only one that has that vibe on it. And I know that you don't like it. That's why you hate glass animals. Yeah, it it for sure. Digital drums. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, there's other reasons too, but yeah, that's a good chunk of like, okay, (laughs) look, I'm not, this isn't a discussion about them, but, um, but it's always um, a discussion about them. It, it Glass always animals ends up is like life. That. Well, anyways, yeah, I mean, I really like this track. Again, if you give me a 10 song album, Taylor Swift, with this style, I'd probably buy it. Side note Nate liking one song off of this album is a win. Victory, yeah. Right. And I even said two songs that I like, so. That's true. Yeah, dude, I mean, you you count Nate. You're a human being. We you're love a Swift. You. It's, not, it's nothing. It's <laughs> it's nothing personal. <laughs> Ooh, there was also on the paper rings. There was all, they also did a little cool vocal effect at, at the beginning of the song. I I like that. So um, Cornelia Street, I it's more of the same. Uh, just kind of might as well skip it at this point because it's just I. I couldn't get into the song. It's it's just nothing special to me. Again, I, I feel like this is more of a album that requires the lyrics to be looked at more critical, which I tried to do. I just was like, I, I don't know. I don't really know what she's talking about because I feel like a lot of this album is personal and I don't know anything about her personal life. Um, 
other than Kanye West stole her, um, you know, thing on stage, and that was a dick move by him. So um, that's all. I, that's the extent I know about Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, Death by a Thousand Cuts. Um, I wrote down that I feel like this song would be a song that a high schooler going through a breakup would think is super deep and speaks to them. Um, I don't know what the track is about, but it just had that feel of like, it's like that pseudo deep, you know, stuff that's like, oh my God, uh, this, that, and the other thing. I, you know, I, again, I don't know her personal life, so I'm sure this has a lot of meaning to her, but I don't know. Um, London Boy was probably one of the worst tracks on this album. Um, I hated this song so much. I <laughs> rolled my eyes outside of my skull listening oh, yeah, to the lyrics. A, take a ride on my scooter? <laughs> yeah, d- yeah, dude. I my yeah. I had to pick my eyeballs off the floor because they rolled so hard. They just rolled out of my skull. And like, dude, the fact that this is a track on an album it just makes me sad I like it. because. <laughs> Because if she is going for this personal sort of touch and this personal feel to tracks and stuff like that, it's like, oh, well, this song's about a boy I fell in love in London. So here you go. And it's like, oh, God, just uh, it just was annoying. It was it was so annoying, this song. And it just irritated me to the point of like no return. And And then we get into like, the possibly the saddest song on the album. Well, it is for sure. It is for soon. Sure. You'll get for better. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, this song I think is obviously you don't need to know what's going on in her personal life to understand the meaning and what is going on in the song. I mean, clearly it's about, you know, a family member going through, uh, intense, you know, kind of medical issues or, or, you know, cancer, I think, in this case. Uh, and it's about her mother. And, um, you know, this song was extremely, extremely sad. But I think, at the same time, I think this song... You know, sometimes there's those songs that really just help you get through through things. And as much as I think it's helping her get through this time with her mother... And again, I don't know if any progress has been made or anything like that. But, I mean... As much as helping her, I think that other people can draw from this and and just kind of, um, you know, help them get through tough times, especially when it involves family members that they care about and and uh, stuff like that. Um, so, very powerful song. I I I think it really was. False God. I just again, I I couldn't really. I, I don't have much to say about this. It's it's just kind of one of those songs where I, I think. If I read into the lyrics correctly, I and I, I don't I know that I probably didn't because I'm not a swift head, but um you know, it seemed like something that was like almost like this forbidden love, like we know it's wrong, but like we're going to be a part of it anyways. I don't know if that's right at all. I pr- it probably isn't, but um it just felt uh, like another relationship song or something of that nature that has already about 4 or 5 on this album and including London boy. I mean, how can we recover from that? I mean, it's just, you know, I still um, like that song. 
if, if I can, if I can throw it out though, it, yeah, it, with that song because that is my my very much favorite from the track. Can you can we at least acknowledge that? The song is so very simple, but it's well produced in a way that it's such subtle changes in the song that continue to move it along. I mean, that one to me, if if you took somebody that didn't know who Taylor Swift was or wasn't very familiar with her songs, you know, they they think of like the Romeo and Juliet song. And then you're like, hey, hey, check out this song. Um, I think a lot of people won't even know that that was Taylor Swift because it was so different. Um, oh yeah, and, and I, I just yeah, I I just think that that one is a really well produced song that has um, a, a vibe or a, a hue to the song that's different than anything else that she's done. Um, sure, I mean, and you know the back catalog probably. I, I mean. And you certainly know it better than me because this is the only album I've ever listened to by her. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's interesting. And I will say that you, you made a point to say, you know, if you compared this to like some of her earlier stuff and whatnot, that you may not even think this is the same artist. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I found that throughout this album, which is kind of why I said that at the beginning where it's like, I don't know, you can call it following trends of music or breaking out as an artist into something maybe she wanted to do all along. Um, But I think that there are similar artists doing similar stuff. And as much as maybe it doesn't sound like Taylor Swift, I could probably put it into maybe some other artist um, like a you know again i don't know a bunch of pop music but i've worked jobs where you had to listen to it all day so it's like you know you put it in categories with like Katy perry or lady gaga or you know name other pop artist insert name here and as much as it doesn't sound like taylor swift it's just it seems like it's all just kind of an amalgamation of of like music from these pop artists that is maybe more slower tempoed or sadder or this, that, and the other thing. And it just doesn't do anything for me. And, um, but like you said, it's well-produced and the subtle changes. Certainly. I, I, um, I, I think that, and I'll say that at the end again, but I mean, this album production wise is perfect. And it's the example of literally, if you are being a pop artist, if you're trying to be in this realm, like this is, uh, and I haven't listened to a lot of pop albums, but this is seemingly is like peak of production and what you want to do. This She's is leading the 101 for sure. Yep. Yes. And She's so the example, the standard, the industry standard. Yep. Yep. And so, yeah, I completely recognize that. 100%. I just want to put that out there. So, um you need to calm down. I I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean it's it's catchy. We'll give it that, right? I guess she got in some trouble online with this one, which I don't know anything about, but uh, I remember hearing about it because the internet. But it 
um, I don't know. It's just, uh, it, it sounds like it's her personal struggles of, of people kind of maybe bullying, maybe specific to online. I don't know if it's her personal experience or if it's just experience as a whole, just being of the age that she's at and we're kind of around and stuff like that, where, or being of a certain status and the people behind the screens can say what they want. But then if they were face to face with you, it's like, would they ever say that sort of thing? I don't know if it's more deeper than that, but I mean, it's catchy and I'll give it that. And the message behind it seems, seems, you know, very, uh, pertinent to nowadays where everything is just online and people say the this dumb shit that you know is like just outlandish and why would you ever you know that's another human that you're saying these things to and you're acting like uh and you're just being a bully i don't know maybe it's different than that but that's what i get from i think it. you i think you pegged that right man i agree okay catchy not for me though but you know it's it's you know you gotta you know whatever maybe my toe was tapping i don't know who knows you know <laughs> it was tapping. I bet it just... was yeah it was tapping <laughs> who's my little tap, tapper tap, boy <laughs> jesus christ you guys um afterglow i said uh, this song just kind of felt like pretty similar to to some other tracks that i've heard already on this album so i just kind of was like yeah i didn't even fully listen to it because i just was like well i I did listen to it but it was like a it's a if i were to come back to this album it would be totally a skip song for me i just again it all comes down to music man i just i can't get into it plus we're already what 15 songs in and it's like (laughs) it's just like all right, I'm, I'm, I get it. Like I'm, I want to be done, <laughs> but um, the next, the next song, me. This is the one with um. This is the one with what's his nuts. Oh, Brendan at the disco. Is that me or is that the next one? No, oh, that's me. Okay, yeah, I hated this song. <laughs> Just, it, it, what's, what's his name? Brandon or Brendan? Br- Brendan or Brendan Yuri. Yeah, yeah. I did not like this song. This song was just no bueno. I don't me. like this it's song just, either. No, it. I, and is this is this literally the only song that has a feature on the whole track? No, list? the the chicks, aka oh, that's the right, Dixie that's right. Chicks, are on. Soon you'll get yes. better. The the really bummer song. Yes, those are the only right. two features, though, as far as I'm aware of. I right. think, and I don't, I wasn't really a fan of the new or the old or, or, or him in general. Um, but I, I just want to throw out there that I do think that that video set some kind of record for most streamed and don't yeah. get me wrong. I, I, as much as I love this album and Taylor and we all know how I feel, um, I skip this song every time because he mm. bothers me. Um, but the video yeah. I think is fantastic. And in her documentary, when, when she has him come in, she's actually coaching him on like, but maybe do the na 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 like maybe more emphasis on this. And he just goes, maybe that's just how they cut it, but he just cut it the same exact way or whatever. So I don't mm. know if she wrote it, 
and then had him sing it and brought him in or you know i'm sure the the label had something to do with that um but the when she in the documentary the miss americana um she's kind of telling him and i just see i see uh like emo kids and 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 people dancing and unicorns and cats and like as she's just kind of like spewing like what's in her brain and then they do flashes to them cutting the video um it's fun to think because the video is actually a lot better in my opinion than the song and i the video was cool yeah i i gotta admit i mean it was there was a lot going on with it yeah i watched it I don't remember what it is, but I think that they set some kind of like they broke the internet somehow for most screamed in one day or something like that. I it, it hmm. the the video was some kind of a hit. I I know that for sure. Yeah, I mean they are two big names. I mean you know they really are at the end of the day, and you know the video has like like her other videos from this album have a lot of production value and a lot of. I mean. I just imagine how much money went into this album, like, like, uh, music video wise and production wise. And I just, I don't even think I could even ba- imagine the amount of money that it took. <laughs> like, you could have made a fourth matrix. <laughs> the right. last music video yeah. I made cost the amount of doing three loads of laundry at a laundromat. That's a good video. That's a good video. That is a good video. That is. Yeah. This was more. I like where the drummer takes his pants off at the end. Yeah, that mm. happened. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot you were there for that. Stupid. Oh, amazing. All right. Anyways. It's nice to um, have a friend. Two songs yeah. left. Uh, just, yeah. I just felt like how many songs can she write like she's still in high school? Um, that's really all I have to say about that one. I mean, I'm sure the message is really nice. It's just about, you know... It's nice to, I mean, the title says it all. It's nice to have a friend, especially if people are weird or outcast or being bullied or blah, blah, blah. It's just, I don't know. It's It, it did nothing for me. Um, Daylight. Again, 18 tracks. I, I, I've heard this song already at least once, if not two, three times uh, throughout this album. Not literally, but... To me, my ear isn't as tuned to what is happening and going on with pop music. So this album just, or excuse me, this track just felt like, all right, I mean, I know where this is going. I know where this is headed. Uh, It just didn't do anything for me. Um, So at the end of the day, I think that's every track, right? That's it. Okay, so... Here's my kind of closing thoughts. Um, Monologue number two. What? Prologue. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Here's yeah. Here's my closing uh, thoughts. So, uh, 18, 18 songs in pop music. I I understand a lot of this. Nobody really goes for the big albums, right? They they, as far as like the con- consumer of of the art or whatever they hear the songs that are like the standout tracks or the singles and they go for that. Right. I feel like we've touched that, uh, touched on that quite a few times just between Josh and I, where it's like, it's not about the, the album as a whole. It's just about these singles and 18 tracks. You're bound to have a couple, two, three singles out of them. 
every single song on this album, I mean, I could see falling on pop radio uh, in some way, shape, or form, right? And as we stated a little bit earlier, she's definitely a shining example of musically how to write pop music, how to make and produce pop music. I don't know how much of a hand in production she has. I don't know if she's completely hands-on or maybe minimal hands-on, but regardless, she's at least the name in the face. And I think that she's such a shining example of how to make hits, first of all, and how to make something sound good. And I get it. It does sound good. These these songs, they sound pleasing. There's no, no um, you know, there's no notes that are wrong. There's no imperfections, at least to me. I, I can't find any. Um, but I don't, I don't like that. I can't deal with that. I, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's like one of those cakes that you see on like cake boss or like, um, (laughs) the, the fucking, uh, the great British bake off or something. And it's like, it's like, if you handed me something that looked like that, I wouldn't know what to do with it. And I certainly wouldn't cut into it. That's how I feel about this album. I just like, I realize how beautiful and how much work went into it, but I don't want to cut into it. I don't want to bite. I don't want anything to do with it because it's just, I know at the end of the day, it's just going to end up being too much for me to even handle. And that's kind of how I feel about this. I don't know if that analogy made sense, but it made sense to me. I feel like Um, that was a great analogy. With how I don't know how you're feeling on the inside, but with what you're trying to express, I think that was... That was a, a pretty good, a uh, pretty good analogy. So that's how I feel about it. I again, it's like, it's there. I I get it, right? I get it, and I understand how amazing that this whole package is. But it's yeah, it's just it's not for me, and I I can't um I can't get into the these types of albums. But hey, you got two tracks that I'm a fan of, and the tracks are fairly different from one another. So, hey, it's pretty solid. Uh, so I'm going to go through my notes and they'll be quick because Jake and I are going to share the same opinions on most of this, except he'll know more because apparently I don't mm-hmm. get to be a swift head. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> that's what, well, no, I've waited for my card. <laughs> so uh, on a personal note, I agree that the album is too long, but I don't think that it's for any lackluster songs or any filler. I just don't have the attention span to sit through an 18 track album. Even if I love it, my brain immediately goes, you're not going to do that. You're not going to have a good time doing this. So I wish it was split up and I don't listen to it as a whole, but that's only because I'm weird and ADD driven. Does that make sense? Uh, Lover. Nate, you said that you like this song, and I fucking yep. love it. I love this song so much. I think it is so beautiful, and you give me, what is it, like a waltz in pretty much any song, and I'm going to fall in love yeah. with it. Uh, side note, I think you two already know this, but my brother just got married, and his wife walked down the aisle to this song, so now every time I listen to it, I'm going to cry. 
because he is one of my best friends, and that was a very special moment for me. I do wish, though, on this song that the drums were a little more a little more live sounding, I guess. Like I think that they were live drums, but like you said, Nate, everything is so perfectly produced that I could have used a little bit of grit on them. And although they sound big and roomy and open, there was just something about the mix that I think it could have been, it could have been a little less clean. And I think I would have liked it more, which I don't say often on this album right. because I, I like my music really polished, but this one in particular, I think could have used a little bit of grit on it. Uh, yeah. The reason I like Taylor Swift so much, Nate, is she, again, you don't know the story about her life, but she is such a strong, powerful woman for what she's been through in her life. And I think that her writing is not only very poetic, in my opinion, but it's also very inspiring for for young women and really for men, for everybody. I think that she is a very inspiring writer, whereas a lot of people in her position – who are really at the top of the game, if you will, could very easily be influenced into being uh, fucks, for lack of a better way of saying it. And she did I thought not. Thought you were going to say Justin Bieber. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to spit hatred on people, but but yeah, she she very easily could have gone into a different direction and kind of been a fucking asshole. But she did not, and she uses her platform for good, which I think is like a good example is Need to Calm Down which is a very pop driven song. And if you're not going to dive into the lyrics, you're not going to understand what it's about because it's, again, it's very boppity, which is what I like to, to dance around to. But if you listen to the lyrics, it's a, the whole song is like a giant, like a fuck you to pretty much everybody. That's one of those typical, I don't know, type of person that sits behind a keyboard and will say a lot of hateful things to whoever they want to, but haters. really haters. Yes. I didn't want to say that because it sounds silly, but there's a certain type of people that do that. But then if they're, if they're in a situation where they're actually next to somebody, they, they would never say anything like that. Like we did in the old days, back before Facebook and Twitter. Like you're, if you say something dickish, you're going to get in a fight and nobody wants I mean, that, look, but that doesn't happen on social media. So go ahead. At the end of the day, <clears throat> Haters gonna hate, 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 hate. Oh, now you're gonna get me going here. Now let's stop. I mean, <laughs> you want me? Did we have video on this podcast? Or we got look, I'm look. Going to I'm, start I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not making fun of that. I'm just. I thought it was a funny little bit. So, that's my jam, though, man. That's my jam. I mean, you know, look. Whenever that song comes on, I just gotta shake it off, and. Uh, don't take that out of context. And then, <laughs> Josh, delete that. <laughs> you know, speaking of delete that, fun factoid about that song is when she's talking about um, the fellow over there with the hella fine hair, she's actually talking about Josh. <laughs> you know what? You know what? A little story time. I gave myself a haircut for my brother's wedding because pandemic. I'm not going to go sit in a chair and have to pretend to talk to somebody that I normally don't care to be around, but now I, you're, you might be sick. <laughs> so I cut my own hair and I did a really bad job. Like I thought I usually use, I think it's like a number seven on the back and then a three on the sides. And I kind of fade it up, but I forgot I left the three on. So I just went fucking bald on the back, but I got to tell you guys, it grew in and I feel pretty confident in my looks lately. <laughs> hey man, you look great. Just shave it, shave it off. <laughs> 
It's not often <laughs> where I feel good about how I look, but I feel pretty good right now. But then I look down and I see my boobs and my belly, and I'm like, oh yeah, the pandemic got to that part <laughs> pretty heavily. <laughs> anyway, I just have two more notes. Uh, Miss Americana, it didn't go anywhere, like you said, Nate. Like it didn't have this big buildup, but. If you think about like Billie Eilish or Lord or those kinds of artists or even Mac Miller to an extent, it's that kind of it's that kind of music where it's less is more basically. And she did a lot with a very little bit. And I think there's something to appreciate sure. in that because again, everything is super well produced and it and it makes it sound really full and huge, but there's not a lot happening in that song. And to make it sound anywhere good, I think is incredibly difficult because like if I make a song, I'm putting f- a million layers over the top of it just to make it sound full and like anything. And she used like five different sounds through the whole song and still had those changes and everything in it to make it. Ba- Am I thinking of the right song? Miss Americana, right? Or no, I'm thinking of false God. Mm, okay. Okay. So I'm sorry. I said the wrong song, but false God, I believe you said the same, the same stuff about, and, and I love, I love that she did so much with just not a lot happening and still made it, as good as it is. And again, that's my opinion that it's good, Nate. You don't have to like it still. But I would like you to, as you have and you probably said, take note that like, for how polished it is and how good it is, she really didn't have a lot going on in it, which is very impressive to me. Uh, side note, this is a maybe a project for Nate, but there is a documentary called Miss Americana, if I'm not mistaken, Jake. Very good. Very good. It's It's yeah. really good. And whether you like her music or not, which you, you don't really like her musically, if you want a little insight into how shitty your life can be in the music industry in particular, and really just in general, like this is a a really good insight into her world and what she's been through and how she got to where she is. And it is it, for everybody listening to it's excellent. Like I would put it up there with the, with the little peep documentary that we watch it. It's that good. It, it was an amazing piece of work sure i've recommended and and shown that to people um just saying like hey you know because it's so easy when you have this when you have this person that is that high up on a pedestal they almost they're dehumanized you Mm -hmm. know because they're they're just they're just an idol they're not a real person so i encouraged uh, multiple people to watch that and and the answer so far has always come back the same. I don't care for their music, but I now respect this young woman. Yeah. Um, because it really, it humanizes her because it's so easy when you have somebody that's one of the quote unquote greats or a leader of the pack that is, is, you know, it's almost like a a fallacy. It's like almost mythical and don't get me wrong. Taylor Swift is fucking mythical in my opinion, but she's also a human being and it really gives it's a well put together documentary without being cheesy. It shows that she is a, she's a real human being. She like in the documentary, she puts ice in her wine and I'm like, Hey, I knew that. Yeah. She (laughs) really like, like in, in her (laughs) career, she really drew the short stick being on top as she is. Like she gets criticized. I think so much harder than so many other people. Mm -hmm. And like Jake said, it really does dehumanize them. And and although like most, well, not most, but a lot of people won't like this album, but she is a fucking human being. And I don't think people really remember that or respect it. Like, I know I've forgotten that when we talk about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, but if maybe if they made a better documentary, I'm just going to cut that part. (laughs) No, don't. Maybe if they made a better documentary, I'd respect them more. 
That was the end of my sentence. I mean, I agree. I, <laughs> if I would have screened that beforehand, I wouldn't have shown you that. <laughs> but yeah, um, Jake, you want to uh, you want to enlighten us on what I already know and what Nate is learning. I don't. I don't. You know, I don't really have. <laughs> I most certainly don't have any light enlightenment. I think that this is a good conversation to have, though, because. It comes down. It comes down to two points, I think, with Taylor Swift, or or two reasons why people don't don't like her or her music, and those are the two points. And when it comes down to, if you don't like her music, it's like okay, like I was telling Nate earlier, okay, if you don't like pop music, you don't like pop music. I'm not gonna try or or do anything, nor can I accomplish changing your mind. If you don't like pop music, you don't like pop music. But bottom line is, you can't argue with numbers and. So you can't say that she's not a good musician. Um, I mean, she, like I mentioned before, uh, to to you folks, but not your listeners, um, I heard uh, from a news article that she did something that nobody else has done except for the Beatles, which is has four consecutive albums that have reached number one um, on the Billboard charts. And I... And, People out there are probably puking when they hear me comparing Taylor Swift to the Beatles, but I have a I have a relevant fact that that corresponds or, or that compares those two people. And like Nate even admitted at the beginning, hey, I, it's not for me, but it is perfectly done, and it is it is it is perfectly done, which is what the goal of pop music is supposed to be. And you know, a um. A lot of people will go out there and say, well, she doesn't write her own music. She doesn't write her own lyrics, blah, blah, blah. Well, her um, one of her albums that she kind of first um, broke onto the scene uh, with, um, which was the uh, Speak Now album, she was the first uh, female artist to uh, solely write an album that won a CMA. And she completely wrote it herself. So, and then, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, well, she has all these people helping her and blah, blah, blah. Like, and, you know, a lot of people uh, like the band Fun or the side project uh, Bleachers, which Jack Antonoff, I believe is how you pronounce his name. You know, he's worked with not only Taylor Swift, but a bunch of huge people. Uh, Lord, um, uh, just, it, it goes on and on. Uh for who he's worked with, everybody has their producers. Everybody has their team. Um, so I don't think it's fair for you to discredit Taylor when she's just doing what any good musician does. I mean, I've seen this amazing young woman sit uh, in the documentary that we were talking about, sit at the front of a table with just like 20 rich white men. And she's the one at the head of the table calling the shots. Um, so... I think that she is in a position where, yes, she's an idol or she's leading the pack. She is the definition of pop music. I mean, nobody can deny that. Whether you like it or not, she is one of the top runners that is defining what pop music is. Um, she She's put in a position with where she's at that she has an audience and she has listeners that 
listen to what she has to say and what she has done throughout multiple transportation or transformations where she was country and then she was pop and you know she she her latest album folklore is a little bit more folksy um she's continued to kind of transform to yes keep up with the trends and give the people what they want but her foundation as she has continued to evolve has more and more been a foundation of uh happiness um body positive uh equality for race sex religion sexual orientation um i mean these are things that not many artists are passing on to their listeners and their audience and i think for for me i think that that's an amazing thing for her to pass on or utilize her quote-unquote power to spread um so yes miss americana and death by a thousand cuts you know they might sound a little high school and whatnot but i feel like when she's writing a song or she's trying to get her point across she's like okay how can i make this appeal to jake and josh who are in their 30s but also (laughs) apply to a 14 year old girl that's being bullied in middle school um right and i think that's an amazing talent so uh, when people discredit her right off the bat, like, oh, fuck Taylor Swift, I think that if you are a respectable human being, or especially, especially a respectable musician, you don't need to like it, but you don't need to spread hatred. And I feel like that's the truly evolved human being or evolved musician to where like I said at the beginning of this podcast, you might not like polka music, but you might, after listening to it, be like, well, fuck, man, that bass line in that polka song. And that's truly <laughs> yeah. appreciating not only music, but human beings. And so that's why, I, as as Nate has dubbed, that's why I'm a swift head. Um, Hell because, yeah. And not only that, but the biggest and most important factor, it makes me happy. It makes me feel too like I the the soon you'll get better after I watched the documentary found out about her mom having cancer she's she has the lyric and I hate to make it about me but who am I supposed to talk to she is so close to her mom and she's not able to just go out and have relationships like I have with you Nate or like I have with you Josh she she's confined with all the fans and the paparazzi the fucking craziness so her mom is probably her best friend. And she's dying or whatever, and like that, I, mm, I just feel mm. that. But shake yeah. it off or paper rings, uh, like I feel that. The nice to have a friend song. Well, you can't just go out and meet people at a show like I did with you, Nate. You know. Yeah. But but she writes that song like just playing video games and like you shared your mittens with me or what you know that stuff that yeah. she's talking about. It's so simple, but if you're in that position, you really connect with that. Which is why I say she's skilled as a writer because how are you going to somehow envelop a 33-year-old Jake Campbell that does real estate but also envelop a 13-year-old girl in middle school trying to deal with getting bullied? And she she does it well. She does yes. it well. I absolutely agree. And I do respect her as an artist and as a person just from the basic stuff that I've heard from you as like, you know, telling backstory and things like that i i guess i never understood the hate for taylor swift as a person i don't really understand that i guess for any 
musician or artist where it's like there's no reason to hate her maybe you don't like the music but you know why like you said why spread hate you know especially if you're a self-respecting musician you know of a person or anything like that i mean it is amazing the work that she does it's definitely not for me um i just uh you know we'll come back to to you know two and two and a half years from now and we'll see (laughs) if 30 hits and then uh we'll see what what my mindset is then you know one day you're gonna call me and be like Dude, just in tears. Dude, I, I think I think I like <laughs> Sam Hunt. <laughs> yeah. Just in tears. Just I listened I listened to Katy Perry today and I openly wept at what I've been missing out. Can I throw it out like did either one of you ever listen to like uh Dashboard Confessional or Death Cab for Cutie? Or, oh yeah. Or, or, or how about I you? I mean dabbled, it? sure. Yeah. Not like they weren't my favorite, no. Sure. I just think that like people connect with music that they listen to. I, you know, it's like like emo music in, in or for lack of better phrasing, or the old school Blink One Eighty Two. It's like where I was at in life, I connected with mm-hmm. because that's what Definitely. I was going from. And and don't get me wrong, if I put on you know a, like Damn It from Blink One Eighty Two, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy it. Um, and if I put on some of the, the old, um, dashboard confessional albums, I'm, you know, going to just sit there and be like, "Mm, all the feels, but I don't really, I don't connect with it in a way that it helps me get through anything anymore. And I feel like, because I've, I've gotten through that period of time, so I don't need that anymore. And I, I try to think that there's people out there that are, at that point in life that I used to be at. So they will get what they need f- from that, that I don't get me wrong. 18 tracks. I, I'm, I'm with both of you on that. Um, but there, there might be songs in those 18 tracks where you and I, you know, don't get anything from it, but people will be like, man, you really helped me get through a, a B or C, you know, like yep. you really, you really helped, um, make me feel that I wasn't the only one feeling this way, you know? And then, so who could, who could shit on that? It's actually that you just enlightened me on why I actually like it. I'm going to tell you guys one, because everything kind of sucks in the world right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And yeah, like, like we were talking about, she has very positive messages and very upbeat music. And I think it's kind of a distraction from the fact that most people are fucking assholes. And this is one (laughs) person that's not. And maybe that's why it speaks to me now as a, as a 30 year old, because I wouldn't say that I've been through the ringer, but I've met my share of buttheads <laughs> in life and this is this is nice because it's it's actually positive messages not only for people but maybe about herself or i don't know maybe that's why plus i like to dance now because i can't like i can't go for a run because my knees hurt i can't lift right. weights because all of my joints hurt so the most mm. i can do is kind of scoot well that's the deal when you're in your 30s Everything hurts, but you like Taylor Swift. 
Everything Nate, hurts you'll when I'm figure, dying. You'll figure it out in two and a half years. <laughs> I'll figure it out someday. It might happen well, quicker, though, because you have a kid now, so you're going to age quicker than we are. Oh, yeah. I'm about 40 now. Jeez. <laughs> um, well, Taylor Swift, lover. Um, I will not be returning to this album. Uh, I think that maybe I'll remember Paper Rings down the line and be like, oh, yeah, I remember I kind of liked that song. I want to see what it sounds like right now. I think that'll happen someday down the line. Um, but overall, I mean, I'm I'm glad to know that this album exists and that she brings joy to a lot of people and she brings relatable experiences and her own life experiences to, you know... I'm, a medium that uh, I really enjoy being a part of music. And so I don't know what more to say. That's, that's about it. That's all I got. Thank you, Allie, my wife to uh, suggest this. Um, It wasn't as torturous as I thought, but you know, Hey, (laughs) I'll get, uh, you know, 30 it's around the corner. Anyways, when, uh, when COVID's done, we're going to have a paper rings, no pants party. You guys down? Yeah, Jake I'm, likes it. I'm not. I'm always down. I'm you don't have a down. choice, Nate. You're going. I'll be there. One night at but... the Roxbury, you <laughs> just sandwich. <laughs> That's honestly what I was picturing. Like me just in the corner, and you guys both just like tackling me with. Oh, you with don't love understand. and affection. We get intimate, yes. and you're gonna have to yes. get intimate oh, too. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's gonna get warm and fuzzy all up in here. Pre-COVID, so many sloppy kisses, and not in a weird well, way. <laughs> Oh, you made it weird. So anyways. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you, Jacob, for being a part of this week and last week. Yes. We love you. It's been amazing. I appreciate you guys having me on. Check out Jake's uh, music as well, by the way. I don't know. We said that last time. We'll do it again. Heroes of Heartache all over the social meds and the music streams. And maybe, you know, share it to Taylor Swift and maybe she'll uh, she'll realize that there's a couple of Swift heads who uh, are making music of their own. <laughs> Nifty Swifties. Hashtag Swift head. It'll, it'll catch on. I think it'll catch on. I think as a person who does not like Taylor Swift's music, I have the authority to coin phrases and names. <laughs> so. Speaking of... Speaking of, of catching on, every next time that I see you in person, speaking of post-COVID, I am totally going to fit in indifference in as many, as many <laughs> yeah. sentences as I can. As many right. sentences. Well, that's what you're here for. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's about all we got for this episode. So, thanks, everybody. Um, okay, thanks. Bye. Josh, do you have anything to say? No, bye.